0: You're listening to America'sWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And hello, America! Welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, your home for serious journalism only on America'sWebRadio.com. We have another Super Tuesday. Is this would this be Super? Tuesday, super ist Tuesday, because we had the SEC primary was also called Super Tuesday. And uh, I guess the, uh, the the defining moment will be who exactly is it super for? Is it going to be super for Donald J. Trump? You think so? You're nodding your head in agreement. Is John Kasich going to be able to take Ohio? Is Marco Rubio going to be able to win in Florida? Uh <laughs> <laughs> the guy that I uh, that I um, endorsed, you know, everybody's telling me to endorse Trump since I have such a horrible track record. I I'm going Galt. I'm not going to endorse anybody else. Forget about it. Uh, Ted Cruz looks like he may score an upset or two, but uh, you don't you're, you you think Trump's going to run the table? You think he's going to win Ohio tonight, David? I think he stands a, a
2: very good chance. I, I think they're I think Trump, as I mentioned to you off the air, uh-huh. uh, I think. In my opinion, Trump has a bunch of closet voters, be they Democrats, be they independents, be they Republicans that say, oh, no, I wouldn't vote for Trump. They go in the booth and say, you know, I really want something different. Right. I'm sick and tired of the Congress. I'm sick and tired of of the uh, establishment.
1: What have I got to lose? I, I agree. I think he's really appealing to... Kind of the, the working class Democrats that the unions have screwed over for so long. By the unions not really adjusting any of the contracts, which, you know, you have to adjust to the market. And granted, we're not going to be competing with Mexicans and, and Chinese labor that are, you know, working for $10 a day when some of these jobs have been paying 15 to 20 an hour. But you're going to have to, to negotiate a little bit. And the unions have refused for years to give up any of the benefits that they've had to to give into any concessions to pay for any of their health care, a litany of things, and what happens? You see what happens. You've seen what happens to Detroit. You've seen what happened to Toledo, Ohio. You've seen what happened in Chicago. I mean, the the jobs created in Chicago now is the the liberal rent-a-mob, where you know they they get all the the, the government addicts and the the perpetual students and the anti-capitalist malcontents together. They throw them a ham sandwich and a six-pack of Coors and say, "Go disrupt this protest." I mean. We're B- seeing or,
2: or not Coors Blue uh, Ribbon, uh,
1: Blue Ribbon maybe, Blue, not, not Coors. You know, Coors Light's a pretty good beer. I uh, I'm more partial to Ice House, and uh, I've been drinking a little Yingling lately. But I digress. Let's get back to what happened in Chicago. Um, we are seeing a, a a battle of ideas here, where Trump represents uh, kind of a strong man on the right, but he's really not a conservative. So he's basically a populist, which is far different than a conservative. And Bernie Sanders is advocating for left-wing policies that would crush businesses and give everything to government. Uh, Trump is basically a nationalist, a populist. Sanders is a far left, more of a, in the line of a – he's Commun- really a socialist. Yeah, I mean he's on the way to communism, right? So you're seeing these battles. And I was thinking about this on the drive up today where you've got the left – who is scared to death of big business, and the right whose biggest fear is big government. They really aren't that dissimilar if you think about it. Uh, Big business can enslave people if, if government isn't there to protect the rights. And we've seen years and years of big government enslaving people in other countries, and here where it's slowly constricting our freedom. I saw um anonymous the uh, hacker group has now declared open war on Donald Trump so we'll get to see whose uh, IT staff is better <laughs> or the uh the guys over there I'm going to go with those guys um I will say the good news for Trump is he's not really uh dependent on campaign donations he's pretty much I don't even know how much money he's spending on his own. I mean, Fox News has given him one-hour infomercials basically every night that would cost other candidates millions and millions of dollars. It'll be interesting to to look at some of his expenditures. And if he does release at least a portion of his tax returns to see how much he's making per year. I read something uh, on USA Today, or a a credible news source, that said he was – I don't know how they they found this, but they said that he is taking a tax deduction – that only people that make less than five hundred thousand dollars a year can take. So that's interesting.
2: Well, that was the um, thing out of New York. For he was taking like three hundred. dollars
1: yeah, I think. That I, I didn't. Like, I mean, I didn't investigate it too much because sometimes you see these headlines and they don't. Yeah. You know, they're really just kind of got you. But this one looked like it was from a reliable news source. Maybe they were putting it out there to try to pressure him to, uh, you know, to release the tax returns again. As I've stated many times. What I'd be comfortable looking at is the first two pages of his personal returns to see what's called his adjusted gross income and just see if he's in line with somebody that, that we want in the Oval Office. I think that that's fair. Every president has uh, previously done that, even though they fought it uh, tooth and nail in a few occasions. But I'd that would, I'd be comfortable with that. You're rolling I, your eyes. Like you, don't, you, don't, a, you don't care about his taxes. I'd like
2: to that. see Obama's birth certificate, too. And I'd his like to, degree like from Harvard and his... Uh,
1: columbia and who paid for it i'd like to see santa claus so yeah well some there are some things that we're simply just not uh, going to see but uh i do think that tonight is going to be an interesting night for uh for the country um you know bernie sanders if it wasn't for these super delegates on the uh, democrat side he'd be really close with uh, clinton and the thing about the um well, Clinton the keeps uh, stepping on her
2: tongue. Jure, oh, yeah. Well, she said, she said people. we didn't
1: lose anybody in Libya. Yeah. Can you believe that? Really? There's a damn movie called 13 Hours in Benghazi. You've, you've been, you've sat in front of uh, Congress for hearings for more than 24 hours. And you say well, what we What difference does it make? And you say that, uh, we didn't lose anybody. Huh? So what the hell were you doing wasting your time there? So, I mean, again, she's tone deaf. The the Democrats, now, we're, we are always you know, talking about how bad it is, woe is me on the Republican side. The Democrats are worried, too. The turnout numbers for them are absolutely dismal and they have somebody that you know is bringing a little excitement um he's <laughs> their version of Ron Paul the crazy old white guy but Bernie Sanders has has got uh, far more energized supporters um but unfortunately black people don't vote for him so clinton has been able to just you know railroad him in the south basically but uh, he pulled off the upset in uh in Michigan last week if he pulls off ohio ohio is a very important state for democrats and uh the longer they go on and they go at it the you know the more potential foot-and-mouth opportunities Clinton will be presented with, and uh, she's just so out of touch. They haven't had to have a real job in years. They've hidden behind lies and, uh, you know, attorneys and basically... They're desperate to keep... A Democrat in office, because I'm sure if we get a Republican in there, they're going to peel back scandal after scandal, and finally, hopefully, get to the bottom of some of the the myriad problems Obama's had, which includes the Benghazi and the the afterwards the cover up and the blaming it on a video and not admitting that their policies had failed. <laughs>
2: and that's only one, right? Fast and furious. Oh, I know. and that one
1: keeps going. That one, that one, that hole keeps getting deeper, doesn't it? Uh, you know, but. It's, uh... You know, and this—that's why I, I'm saying that I think, I think
2: uh, the, that um, Trump has a lot of closet support that people won't come out and admit they're going to vote for him or did vote for him after the fact. <laughs> but that's how he's going to get in. It'll be Democrats, Independents, Republicans that haven't voted, and people that haven't voted for years. That you know, I—he hit it. You gotta, you gotta give Trump. Credit, he's nailed it from the get-go. You know, mm-hmm. people are tired of the government. People are tired of being screwed. They're tired of Congress. They're tired. They're mad. They're they're mad. Uh, you know, we get all these. Two years ago, we get all these promises. If if you if you vote me in, I'm going to do it. You know, right? Well, they haven't. They obviously haven't. That's why I was telling you, I'm supporting this lady in in. Uh, uh, Alaska that's running for the Senate. Uh, she's running on the on the premise that she's she has a proven track record of getting stuff done in the government. right And she says, you know, she's going to twist some tails when she gets in the Senate. She's not going to put up with it that people are mad. We've got that the House and the Senate have to take back their constitutional power that they've given up to the administration. You think about yep. it, that's a pretty stout statement.
1: Well, but and, and that's what I, I'll give uh, you know our freshman Senator David Perdue, I'll give him some credit. And the good news for David Perdue is he doesn't have to run for a re-election for another five years. But he's gone up there, and, and he's been very frustrated with it, and he's been very uh, outspoken about it, uh, which is good. And he's also somebody that really can't be threatened too much because he can self-fund uh, a race. So he doesn't go up there like some of these congressmen do. They go up there and they're all, all bluster and bloviation and then they get up there and the D.C. machine threatens them that if they don't jump when they, or if they don't say how high when the establishment says jump that they will have a primary opponent uh, facing them. And uh, <laughs> you know the funny thing is if you make a deal with those people... They screw you anyway, or you get screwed. Look at uh, look at what's happening here in Georgia in District 11. Barry, Barry Loudermilk, first year um, congressman or first term congressman, he obviously made some deals and had to take some votes that he didn't want to. Uh, the omnibus being the main one, voting for Boehner stuff like that. He now has four primary opponents in the Republican side coming up May 24th. I met a couple of them at the Capitol. It was. Uh, it was just a very, very busy time of qualifying. District 9, where Congressman Doug Collins is, he has five or six people that have jumped in. No, I, th- I think he has four as well, including former Congressman Paul Brown, who's jumped in to that one. That's and Yeah. So that one is going to, for the next two months, we can imagine how uh, bloody uh, that one's going to be. The District 11, uh, two or three of them are, are, I mean, pretty well financed. From what I heard, one of them said he had a million dollars to spend. And um, anyway, that one's going to be fascinating. David, you live really close to the 11th you're in the 6th but i have a feeling you're going to be inundated with uh tv ads um certainly the mailboxes in district 11 are going to be overflowing the mailboxes in district 9 i think we have seven candidates in district 3 which was uh lynn Westmoreland's district so a bunch of people complain about running complain about congress but it seems like they sure as hell want the job <laughs> yeah. no, uh, have you noticed it. that mr they,
2: price doesn't have anybody
1: here. uh he does actually oh, does he? yep yep so it was in against Tom it was a very uh, very busy time of qualifying I um, you know what we'll probably do a show where we kind of focus on the local issues the the list uh, 26 House Republicans have um, primary opposition a bunch of uh, dim, uh, uh, state senators do at least 11 by my last count it's a uh, it's an extremely busy time and I can guess it's kind of a windfall for the uh the Republican party with all the qualification fees that they are collecting. But uh, it's, we, we've got a, a state Senate candidate calling in today at 215, uh, Pete Gibbons, who's been the uh, mayor of Bowman, Georgia. You think of big cities, you think New York City and then Bowman, Georgia. They're really right next to each other. But uh, I'm just giving you a hard time, Pete. I know you're probably listening in. But uh, so excited to have him on the show, um, State uh, Senate District 24 out but in uh, the – Bowman I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to hear all about the wonderful infrastructure improvements and projects that Mayor Gibbons has uh, put in there. And then at 2.30, our friend Rachel Dodsworth is calling in. She's living in North Carolina right now, which they have their primary today. See what she thinks about the tone of the election and uh, where we're headed. And uh, tonight, Buckhead Young Republicans meeting is at Cheyenne Grill at 7 p.m., doing an interesting panel of uh, young professionals. Should be a lot of fun for everybody to uh, attend there. That Once again, that's 7 p.m. at the Cheyenne Grill. And uh, afterwards, they'll be watching Super Tuesday Returns, which uh, who knows, it may be one of those nights where as soon as the polls close, they go ahead and call it for people. But uh, anyway, I guess you want to take our break here? Yeah, we'll go ahead and take our 2.15 break here. Be back with Pete Gibbons in a second on Greg's List. It's not just your garden. It's the
3: way you live. And there's so much to know. But you have help. Bonnie Plants. Now with Bonnie's app, Homegrown, you can learn about veggie and herb varieties, track and record your garden with photos and notes, share on Facebook and Twitter, and so much more. How'd you ever grow without it? Get Homegrown with Bonnie Plants for iPhone and Android. The more you know, the better you can grow. With Bonnie.
4: rita news and i would like to invite you to listen live or download my show america's voice for energy only on america's web
5: radio do you have problems with sinus pain and pressure do other people smell things that you don't have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to is your nose always stuffy no matter what you do maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps these are generally benign growths that occur from chronic sinus infection or allergies that are either undertreated or have not been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center, we specialize in minimally invasive balloon si- dilation sinus surgery and correction of a deviated nasal septum and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office. We use a state-of-the-art equipment so that you can see the problem. You will be a partner in your care, and together we will decide the course of treatment. We believe in old-fashioned medicine where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. You can rest assured that all options will be offered before surgery is recommended, because Peace Tree ENT Center is where patient care
0: counts. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
5: This is America's com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
1: And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Web. Radio.com, Super Tuesday, the Ides of March, all in one day. What could possibly go wrong? Um, hopefully nothing, but you never know. Anyway, we are joined today by the uh, mayor of Bowman, which uh, Pete Gibbons, uh, welcome to Greg's List. Are you the former mayor of Bowman? Did you have to resign that to, to, for this next opportunity that you're involved in?
6: Uh, yes, sir. Technically, I am now the former mayor of Bowman, as the state law says. Uh, if you if your uh, seat is run concurrent to the one you're qualified for, you must uh, vacate your original seat.
1: Well, it's good to see you abiding by the law in your initial gesture. So, I, I applaud you for that.
6: Yeah, might as well start out on the right foot, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, mayor of Bowman, which is a, a small town out in uh, Elbert County, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, is that right?
6: Yes sir, that is correct.
1: And so you got Elberton out there, kind of close to the greatest college city in the world Athens, Georgia and real close to to South Carolina. So uh Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I thought I saw your uh, candidacy pop up last week, and it uh, looks—I'm always excited when you know a a younger Republican or younger conservative jumps into uh, the race because we really do need to change kind of the attitude of of the Republican Party and get it away from the good old boys club and really change it and and bring in a youth movement and modernize it. In my opinion, so tell us a little about about yourself and some of the accomplishments you've had and perhaps your vision for uh, Senate District. 24
6: well sure absolutely absolutely thank you for having me on greg um yeah i've been you know the mayor and elected official in in the city of bowman for the last five years um i've never really expected to kind of i've always followed politics but i never really expected to, to be a politician at any point in my life but uh, you know kind of the charm of living in a small town uh you know we were volunteering with different events and whatnot just to be part of the community and and so on and so forth and then you know, as I did that, more people started saying, hey, you know what, maybe you should run for city council. I think you'd be good at this. And after uh, a few people kept tugging at my arm and listening to kind of just the craziness that was going on in Bowman at our city council, it was kind of like a WWE match every, every meeting. Uh, <laughs> and I figured, you know, if I'm going to complain about what's going on, I should at least get up and do something about it. So I ran and, uh, and I got elected and then uh, I ran again and got elected mayor and, uh, you know, I'm proud that you know when I first started, our meetings were it was just an absolute bloodbath nightmare. You know, it would be three hours long, we'd never get anything done. And and by the time I resigned, I think we've streamlined everything. Everyone was working together. Uh, uh, you know, we would get in and out of there out of there in an hour and, and get a lot accomplished. So, you know, that's first and foremost is what I'm proud of is is making sure the uh, the elected officials in Bowman better represented the people in our community because it is a a great, beautiful, small town and and. Uh, so, to make sure we were acting and, and doing in accordance with what the, our residents wanted was, it was of the utmost importance. But uh, you know, we were able to get that going. Uh, you know, we work, We've been working on several projects that uh, you know It, it was a, the city was in need of a lot of revitalization, so we were able to do a lot of road work. Uh-huh. Uh, we were able to. Uh, we're working on a project now to build a new city library. Uh, we're also uh, working with uh, Taicop Healthcare and uh, MedLink. Uh, to uh To renovate the uh, the medical center in town, so we're working hard to try to make sure our our residents have health care and access to you know good library services as well and, and we were able to do all this without raising any taxes or without and uh, you know we were able to cut spending uh, in our town as well by renegotiating a lot of contracts and and cutting out waste so you know despite being able to do a few extra things uh, that hadn't been done before, we were still able to balance the books and actually spend less than we worked.
1: Now, I notice a little bit of a, uh, maybe not a real southern accent you got there. Um, did you move from up north at some point, or are you just uh, blessed to not have a, a Dixie accent? <laughs>
6: Yeah, I was I was born and raised in Illinois, uh, okay. just for Illinois to be exact, and uh, moved down here to Aber okay. County about ten years ago. Okay. And uh, you know, like I say, I, I wasn't born here, but my son was, and <laughs> I want to make sure Georgia's the best home for him and, and everyone else. Hey, you know
1: what? Well. We're welcoming. I mean, you had a little anchor baby, your son, to, to keep you here in Georgia, which is uh, which. Yes, is cool. I
6: got in before y'all built the wall.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're going to make Alabama pay for it, so don't worry. Yes, about that. exactly. But, uh, well, that's kind of cool. So, uh, you know, and 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 me, I've gotten frustrated with uh, national politics. Uh, this will probably—I mean, I'm I'm hoping a Republican can win. I, I think Donald Trump is basically an undocumented Republican, but uh, we'll see. We'll let the voters decide on that. But uh, very frustrated on the federal level. But I've been working a lot on uh, some city council campaigns, and and actually the local. Uh, government the local politics has a far more um, broader impact on people's day-to-day lives I've found I mean you're like you said you're working on infrastructure in Bowman uh, any kind of city ordinance they're the ones who says okay this hospital can go in or this permitting can go in and they're really the ones spending uh, you know making the decisions on what contractors to hi- to hire and that's where conservatism is so important is to make sure that you are being a good steward of the taxpayers money and you know you have the libertarians out there or or the anarcho-capitalists, and they don't, they think. They don't think anything should be public. They think no, the government shouldn't exist. Who will build the roads? That whole argument. I think that most conservatives think that the power or, or the function of government is to protect the individual property. And and of course, there are some cert, certain services that are more efficiently done through government. And and you being a mayor and, and one with the conservative uh, protocols, you've certainly put that into action. So uh, I, I noticed your campaign said you had been able to in, uh, improve things and lower spending. Uh, how how were you able to manage that? And um, you know, was that a fight with the city council, or did they end up agreeing that hey, we can make this a better uh, situation?
6: Well, it wasn't much of a fight. Uh, You know, a lot of what we had did was just. You know, in, in small towns, and, and it's the same way all over. It's it just kind of it goes as as it goes. You know, mm-hmm. it, if it's not broke, don't you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when I got in, we took took a hard look at what everything we were doing and and said, you know, you know what could we do to make this better? So, our, you know, our trash pickup, you know, that we contract out, you know, we open up bidding for it, and we ended up getting the same the same company we've been using. But they charge us $5 less a person than what we were, they were charging us before, which, you know, over 450, uh, I, I think it was the amount of, uh, people that we had that had trash service. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 450 times $5 times, you know, 12 months a year, you know, that money added up. So we also looked at our engineering services. Uh, you know, we were spending uh, an exorbitant amount of money, uh, for, uh, uh, engineers and technicians that took care of our wastewater ponds, but, uh, Again, that was something that we bid out, and we looked through, and uh, we went from spending you know upwards of $2,500 a month to finding a, a company that uh, is very qualified and very good and actually closer than than the previous company, and, and we're paying them $500 a month. So, you know, we just kind of went out through different areas that's like that a, to kind of I mean, target, you know, where we were spending money and where we hadn't bid things out. You know, as I, when I resigned, we were currently looking at our insurance plan as well to make sure that, you know, uh, that others out there had a chance to bid on that just to make sure we were getting the best rate and, and being the best stewards of, uh, of the town's money.
1: Well, that's great. Well, you know, I, I really love hearing that. The fact that you kind of took a Clark Howard approach and said, alright, where can we cut the corners? It, yeah, a lot of times, if you just make a couple extra phone calls, you'll find out You know, when I'm ordering a signs for a campaign or, or, or working through that. Yesterday, we had to get some signs done really quickly for my friend Lane running in House District 81, and one, one call, they wanted $45 this was just a very small order and um, you know three calls later I'd gotten the price down from another company to 26 dollars now it took an hour uh, and dealing with re- rather rude customer service people but I really like hearing that so basically Senate district 24 I looked at the qualific- qualifying on that a lot of people jumped in that um, who I think somebody resigned and that's an open seat is that correct?
6: Well, yes, uh, Bill Jackson, and, and he's been in the state legislature since 1978, and uh, oh he's God. resigning. So, his, so <laughs> he's not uh, re, He's not running for re-election, okay. so it'll be an open Finally, seat. So, Jesus,
1: uh, I would say. Yeah. I'd say, I, look, man, I mean, I know we have term limits with uh, the voting every two years. But my God, that's 30 years. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah,
6: <laughs> I I was born in 1978, so that that that'll tell you something. But I, I, you know, in all honesty, you know, Mr. Jackson was very good to me and Bowman uh, when I worked with mm-hmm. him. Anytime uh, I needed help, uh, he was there to to you know answer a call and whatnot. But. Okay. Uh, um, so, but, you know, I definitely do wish him the best in retirement. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to filling his shoes and, uh, and being a strong conservative voice for you know, District yeah. 24.
1: I know y'all's area, you know, the unemployment, is uh, it really impacted uh, y- y'all, some of the, the losses in some of the, the factory and the manufacturing here. Is that uh, pretty much the biggest problem in your area is the lack of jobs?
6: Yes, yes, we uh, we took that we took it hard the whole downturn, uh, especially up here in Albert County, being the granite capital of the world. You know, when the housing market plus, mm. you know, that really put a hurting on the granite market. Plus, the, you know, the change in the, in the monument business. You know, a lot of people are going to cremation and cheaper uh, ways to you know to be buried these days. So, mm. uh, you know, just the main source of of, of revenue here in the town in Albert County was granite, and that just kind of. <laughs> Dried up overnight, wow. and I think we lost about half of our businesses about ten years or so ago. And uh, you know, at one point, our unemployment in Upper County was about twenty-five percent. Oh, we wow. were in the, the top three worst in the state, and uh, it's it's gradually gotten better. But uh, um, that, that's definitely something that we need to address all through District Twenty Four. You know, we need to find a way to put people to work. Um, you know, we have issues being on the South Carolina border you know south carolina doesn't have the same restrictions as georgia does in giving away the world to businesses huh. that want to come in and uh, and you know locate their businesses in south carolina you know georgia constitution kind of you know gives some leeway for for incentives and whatnot but south Carolina's is just really just kind of a they just hand out open bags of money to whoever <laughs> wants to come in so well yeah it's, that close it's, to the border we've got to kind of fight that but uh, you know, that's, it's a fight worth
1: having. Well, and it's tough to compete with free stuff. I mean, we know that as Republicans or conservatives, when we're saying, "Yeah, you know, you got to eat your broccoli," and we got to cut some programs, or the Democrats say everything's free. It's um, it's difficult to fight to compete with that. So, I hear you, man. Yes.
6: Yes, that's, that's definitely a, a tall order. But, uh, you know, we've got some good things on our side, we, you know, being close to Savannah and the, the expansion that's going on there. I think we have a great opportunity if we make sure our transportation is right, that we can, you know, tie in that, uh, tie in the port to District 24 and make sure we do an even better job so uh, traffic can flow in and out. That would definitely help boost, uh, you know, our chances to land some big business in our area.
1: Gotcha. Well, listen, where can people find out more about you and your campaign?
6: Well, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, you know, Pete Gibbons for Senate District Twenty Four. Uh, my website is gibbonsforsenate.com. dot uh, com. So, uh, you know, I would love anyone that's interested to please look me up. And you know, I want to be someone who's completely accessible uh, at any time. So, if you have any questions or any comments, you know, I'd love to hear from
1: you. Yeah, I'd say you've, you're probably pretty vetted. Uh, even though Bowman's not, uh, it's not exactly New York City. It's a big enough town that uh, there's always rabble rousers around. So, I'd imagine if you've uh, if you've had any um, issues, that it probably would have been revealed already. So I, I'll I'll let my yeah, listeners well, uh, chew it's a on that. whether
6: small town or big <laughs> town, you're going to get your your uh, your you know fair share of stuff. But uh, you know, you just got to fight through it and, and keep your eye on, on what's most important and as a community.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And anyway, thank you for your service. I'm sure Bowman's a, a better city. And if you leave something better than when you took over, uh, it's a mission accomplished. Good luck in your race, and uh, I look forward to seeing you out on the trail.
6: All right, Greg, I appreciate you having me on. Thank All right, you, sir. Man.
1: That's Pete Gibbons, former mayor of Bowman, just as of last week, and now running for State Senate District 24. Looks like that'll be a really uh, – uh, Bill Jackson had been in there for 20, 35 years. Wow, it's a, a long time. So um, certainly some new leadership will probably shake things up a little bit, and uh, look forward to hearing more about Pete later. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Our friend Rachel Dodsworth. Adsworth Media is on to talk uh, national politics, and we'll be back with her in a couple minutes.
5: Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
3: With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. It's not just your garden. It's the way you live. And there's so much to know. But you have help. Bonnie Plants. Now with Bonnie's app, Homegrown, you can learn about veggie and herb varieties. Track and record your garden with photos and notes share on facebook and twitter and so much more how'd you ever grow without it get homegrown with bonnie plants for iphone and android the more you know the better you can grow with
1: bonnie
0: you're listening to americaswebradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio thank you for listening
1: and welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Web, at Radio.com. Welcome back, our old friend. She's not old, actually. She did just have a birthday, and apparently they shut down the city of Savannah for Rachel Dodgeworth. Rachel, how are you, and uh, how was your birthday weekend?
4: Uh, hey, Greg. Thanks for having <laughs> me back. My birthday weekend was uh, perfect. Yeah, I turned 29.
1: 29 again, or 29 for the first time? For the first time okay for the cool first time. okay because <laughs> you always ask that because people always whenever they come to the the cusp of a of a new decade as it turns over the uh, they like to, to fib a little bit or make a make a joke about it okay so 29 <laughs> for the first time congratulations on that mm-hmm. milestone um, I'm sure Thank Savannah you. Savannah was probably a lot of fun wasn't it? yes
4: yes Next year we'll see if I turn 29 again okay. or if I do in fact turn 30. We may do have
1: to do the 30 in Las Vegas or something a little fancier. So uh so you voted today. I saw you uh posting about that in North Carolina. Um I'm sure you you, you voted for Mr. Rubio, right? Uh
4: yep, voted for Rubio today. And uh, today's a pretty big day for the presidential <laughs> uh, elections. We have, I think, about 367 Republican de- delegates up for grabs. Um, it says a map. I mean, it's, it's looking pretty interesting how it's going to shape up, um, you know, to reach that threshold of 1,237 delegates needed.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we come up, you know, and all, everybody's speculating right now, Kasich looks like he could very well win Ohio, and that's a winner-take-all mm-hmm. state. Uh Trump is favored by 20-something points in Florida. I will say the polls have been pretty accurate um this cycle, mm-hmm. and with a margin like that—now, Florida is a closed primary, so you may not get these— uh people kind of crossing party lines or disgruntled Democrats or strategic Democrats that look and say, Donald Trump will not win a national election, so let's keep the Trump minimum going. So I I don't know how strategic the Democrats are in that. We always hear about people crossing over. I don't think that happens much. What do you, what do you think mm-hmm. about that? Do you think that that, that happens, I, or what kind of phenomenon we're looking at right now?
4: Well, I think, I mean... It can happen strategically, but, you know, then the person's a registered Republican and, you know, the whole nine yards. I don't know how much people want to actually switch just for strategy, but I think we are seeing people switch over at large kind of for Donald Trump. Um, To me, he's kind of expanding the uh, electorate or the Republican market, if you will. Uh, you know, independent voters and, and some Democrats, especially in, you know, other states like Illinois um, that we have today. And so those are kind of the states where I think Trump's, you know, grabbing other people besides registered
1: Republicans. Yeah, it's the working class folks. that Those are the ones that have been, you know, hit hardest by these factories moving in. And, uh, you know, the, the NAFTA agreement that was signed in the 90s, you know, the North American Free Trade Act, That, you know, we haven't really seen the returns on that, that uh, we've wanted. I, I don't think we should be making soccer balls or t-shirts in this country, but, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing some high-end manufacturing, and we're seeing some of the, uh, you know, air con- the carrier, the air conditioner manufacturer. They just moved, announced they're moving a plant from Indianapolis, fifteen hundred workers uh, sent packing um, that were average job was paying sixty thousand a year. And I would think ma- manufacturing air conditioners—that's skilled labor right there. So mm-hmm. th- I, I'm troubled when we see that, and that feeds right into the narrative that Donald Trump has been talking about, doesn't it?
4: I agree, I agree. I think the thing with Trump is people see how successful he is and they understand that he knows how to use laws and he understands how regulations impact businesses directly. Right. So I think it kind of inspires people uh, to have someone that, you know, experience the and government regulations and trade deals and say, you know what, guys, this is like not good for the America, and I know, because I deal with it all the time, <laughs> yeah. and I think that really connects with people, because otherwise, you know, you can get the political nuance talk about NASA and the whole nine yards, but you, people's eyes glaze over, so Trump kind of makes it easy, understandable, and uh, this affected him, and he's rich and powerful, so it's probably affecting me a lot, too. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the rhetoric, uh, and we know Friday night we see basically the rent-a-mob from the left going to disrupt the Trump rally, and, you know, all that does is give more uh, fuel, no pun intended, to the fire for Trump, and... You know, the other candidates, I, I, I don't think anybody on the Republican side has really figured out a winning strategy to deal with Donald mm-hmm. Trump. Rubio, I when he got into the, the big hand, little hand argument with uh, Trump, I it, at first I I thought, hey, why not? We, you know, we've thrown everything at the kitchen sink at Trump to stop him. Let's get in the gutter with him. And unfortunately, it goes back to what George Bernard Shaw said. If you don't wrestle with a pig, you both get dirty, but the pig likes it. So, you know, <laughs> Rubio, I think, really you know lost a lot of uh, credibility with that again I didn't think it was a bad gamble to, to do it uh, mm-hmm. it's a Hail Mary but it hadn't worked out is that was that what you th- you're thinking or what what's your perspective on that
4: so yeah my perspective is is if we look at the rules for essentially it's all about you know the delegates and getting there and what happens if we have a contested convention um, and right now the rules on the books which are can change by the rules committee the week before the convention. Are at minimum the candidate has to have won a majority of eight states. Um, so if we get to the convention without anyone reaching the one thousand two hundred thirty-seven, you know, delegates, that's kind of the rules that are in place since two thousand twelve. And so right now, Trump is in fact the only candidate that meets that threshold. Um. But, once again, the rules can change right before the convention, and so I think that's you know, going to be the biggest question mark, is can Trump get to the 1,237 mm-hmm. delegates before the convention, and if he can't, how much will the establishment Republican change the rules?
1: Yeah and that and again doesn't that isn't that fraught with its own risk where if you go and disenfranchise a bunch of republicans do you think do you think that they would do that almost to fall on the sword that they're so scared of Trump at the top of the ticket that we could lose the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House. Do you think that they're thinking that? And that's why they would say, you know what, we're going to disenfranchise people because Trump looks like it's pretty clear that he's going to have the most delegates, unless something really strange happens. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he'll get 99 in Florida tonight, winner take all. Um, Missouri, North Carolina, you're in North Carolina. Is that, uh, mm-hmm. what, is that proportional or winner take all?
4: Uh, that's proportional.
1: Okay. Do you have to crack um, 20%? So proportional,
4: no qualifying so you,
1: know, you don't have to crack 20. 20%. Oh, wow, okay. So everybody, but Trump, everybody will get a little, a few, basically?
4: Correct, yeah. I think we're one of the only states with that. <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, and Missouri actually is favored for Cruz to win. But I think the Republican, we'll have to see, because this rule was created in 2012 after the Romney campaign um, to block, you know, Paul Ryan, remember the convention, Stuff with the delegates. Oh yeah. So it's a pretty recent rule, um, and so we'll see. That's the thing. If the establishment would want to do that, and I think that could cause issues.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a real mess, and I mean the Democrats are uh, on one side. They're extremely happy. Uh, about this turmoil i mean i 've called uh, Donald Trump an undocumented Republican like, um, <laughs> many times, and he 's you know just really doesn 't have uh, conservative credentials he 's a donny come lately uh, to the to the Republican party anyway, um, but the Democrats have a criminal and a socialist running, so mm-hmm. we 've got um, we 've got some pretty lousy uh, choices. Um, in my opinion, that, um, you know, I don't think any of them would be great stewards of the, uh, of the economy, I guess uh, Trump has been so polarizing. But Hillary Clinton, li- the Democrats are scared to death that she's so un- uninspiring that they won't get a turnout. I think the Democrats are actually worried that Trump could win, which is why we've seen you know the George Soros-funded uh, you know rent-a-mobs and they're threatening to to you know protest the the convention in uh, in Cleveland, Ohio later this year. So it's uh, oh
4: yeah, MoveOn.org. They're, they always are paid to protest. That's, that happens in every election. So George source and then yeah, there that, that always happens.
1: Yeah, and and they're creating um, you know a lot of angst and anxiety. and we really have seen you know, the last year of Obama's presidency turn um, very divisive. Um, obviously okay. with Scalia's passing, that's another thing that we've got to worry about. So, because uh, Obama does have the right and the constitutional ability to nominate a Supreme Court justice, Republicans, or I mean, the Senate has the constitutionally defined right to consent and confirm. So, what do you think? Uh, you, you know, they've had some bravado about that. Republicans said, "We're not even going to, you know, hear one." Do you think that they're being strategic in that, or should they should they just kind of play the long game and delay, delay, delay? Well, you know, I think
4: that Obama will—he'll make his appointments and suggestions. And I—I I mean, the Republican Party—they'll listen to it in the Senate. I mean, that is their job. But you know, with the TV and the news cycle, it's hard to say if they confirm anyone. Um, unless the person was very Republican, <laughs> it's the only way I could see that happening.
1: Gotcha. Um, so, um, so Kasich—you think he'll win Ohio?
4: yeah I think I think he'll win Ohio. I think the key is is you have to win your home state. If you can't win your home state, that doesn't look very well.
1: Yeah, and that's, so Ruby so if Ruby is going to lose tonight. Let's just go ahead and say he's going to lose in Florida. I mean, I don't see any way, unless these early votes, which supposedly really heavily favored him, come in. Mm-hmm. And since uh, it is a closed primary, you're not going to have the crossover there. So is there a chance for a miracle, or does Trump win, win big, and Rubio really, I, I posted the other day, when he keeps on talking about how things are going well, he's he's kind of our version of Baghdad Bob, except he's he's Havana Harry, you know.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, I did some uh, work with the Romney's Get Out the Vote team in Florida, yep. and their election process is kind of difficult. So if people are voting early, chances are, you know, they're educated voters that consistently vote, so you would assume they're going for Rubio. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see, because there are a lot of new voters as well. Um, and then the Jeb Bush versus Rubio dynamic, you know, I, I'm not sure how upset some people are with that or not so I mean it's toss up I mean Rubio hopefully he should win his home state (laughs) Um, and if not that's not too good we'll see where it goes but I would say it would do itself after that
1: well I'm fascinated by it are you going to be uh, watching with bated breath tonight or are you uh, going to go to bed early and just wake up and hear about it on the news
4: uh, we'll see. I guess we should know fairly, fairly early. Because you're right, a lot of people are voting early. Early voting's up. And, but I guess if we just look at the, you know, past, there's the momentum and Trump. And Florida's kind of a state, you know, that's been hit by the economy pretty hard. And so the Trump's message might resonate pretty well there.
1: Well, that's pretty cool. Listen, let's take our break here. I wanted to, um i uh, finish up with you for, for a couple minutes. I know you've got to get back to your regular job, but uh, we're going to take our uh, 2.45 break here. When we get back, we'll uh, finish up with Rachel Dodsworth, Adsworth Media, and uh, we'll see you in a minute on Greg's List. Thanks.
3: Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com.
4: for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support
0: USJF as they support you.
4: I'm Marita News, and I would like to invite you to listen live or download my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio.
0: On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And welcome back to Greg's this Live, the home of serious journalism, only on AmericasWebRadio.com. So uh, wrapping up here with Rachel Doddsworth from Adsworth Media, one of the famous uh, top 40 under 40 political consultants uh did you w- i i need to follow up with you on that did you um win that contest and get the trip to puerto rico or have you heard on that yet
4: uh, i don't know until april 24th i think so okay still have a little while to go
1: <laughs> so april 24th will be the big day where we'll find out mm-hmm. if you were uh if you get the trophy and the participation or the participation ribbon right <laughs>
4: Mhm. Yeah, if I'm top uh, forty under forty and there don't, there's only fifteen Republicans that win, so Wow. Be a pretty big honor yeah
1: that'll be impressive and we will certainly have a, an homage to you uh, when you win that award <laughs> um, so the tone of the election we um, Kasich seems to me that he's basically trying to be the contrarian where he's said every you know things are looking good Rubio did have an optimistic message then he kind of diverged and um, went into the a little bit of an immature thing and Donald Trump has, has already lowered the bar so much that I think I think <laughs> When that goes, you need to. Um, it's better to try to hurdle that rather than limbo with Donald Trump. So, what do you think about that?
4: Uh, I agree with you hundred percent. Kasich's doing a good job because these debates are. You kind of need to stick to your message, yeah. And if you only have a limited amount of time to address a national audience at no cost, you know <laughs> you'll probably do better talking about yourself and your positions and introducing you and your solutions. And at least acknowledging, you know, how the electorate feels instead of attacking Trump. Um, So to me, yeah, that is kind of a waste of valuable time.
1: Yeah, and today I saw he had a huge, um, you know, earned media coup he went. And and a lot of this, I'm not a big fan of early voting, Uh, I think. I personally I think we should have election day be a national holiday everybody gets the day off hopefully it's paid and everybody go vote on election day cuz this early voting mm-hmm. it's like a month out now and there's it just opens it up for a lot of fraud but anyway I probably sound like I'm trying to stop he- black people from voting by saying that I'm certainly not saying that Well I love
4: early voting You love it <laughs> Uh, It's so easy because you can get any polling place and get it over
1: with. I, I don't know. I guess where you're from maybe in North Carolina. But here, especially in DeKalb County, you can't just go anywhere. I mean, they have it at a few places. Most of them are kind of far away. Uh, you know from kind of the Republican stronghold so I I don't find it uh, that accessible. They did Saturday voting uh, la- no I think they even had Sunday voting this past time because the, uh, the, oh, wow. the liberals complained so much that they were being disenfranchised. Uh, you know we have voter ID laws, thank God. so our
4: today we actually had to show our ID in North Carolina.
1: You actually had um, to is that a first?
4: Yeah, that's a first. it is a our earlier primary. A couple uh, months ago, and it said you may need to show your ID in
1: the next election. That's that, well, so. I, mean, I, I was
4: surprised that they actually.
1: Well, cool. So, what I mean, what do you do? You just walk up there, say, "Hey, I'm Rachel," and, uh, and, I yeah, prob- and you just tell them your a-
4: address.
1: That's amazing. Right. So the honor, the honor system. That, I mean, is that not frustrating for people that really want to keep the integrity of our elections? That I can just go up and say my name is Juan Ramirez. And, uh okay, which one are you? I'm one of the 30 living in this house, or whatever. And, um mm-hmm. you know, it's
4: just... Oh, I thought it was frustrating, because I, I was very happy to see that they were doing better, requiring IDs today. Yeah, it's that's... It's kind of uh... been in the courts, and unknown. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, clearly, that you should be able to get someone your ID, and then they just... You know, see your address and where you vote and who you are. Yeah,
1: and that you you vaguely resemble the person in the picture. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Maybe I just like people that are actually legal here uh, to be the voters. But uh, so anyway, Kasich went to vote today and uh, had a huge, um, you know, chorus of media around him and was able to to give a a small speech afterwards. And to me, that was really leveraging it because it was a very, you know, it was crowded up there. Ohioans like to to vote. And this is a, a big race a lot of good candidates still on the ballot and so to me he was able to make a media event out of it which I thought was great if he had early voted uh, yeah he could have been there and somebody might have taken a couple pictures but today it was a whole event and it was you know dominating the news coverage for a little while so it reminded me a little bit of how Trump has been able to manipulate the media to his own um, to his own uh, needs and and uh, advantage so
4: I totally agree yeah using when you vote, I mean, you're. if you go vote, that should be a media day, because um, they all still have to go vote.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and so he is basically going to be the one that's probably able to hold his home state, uh, keep the 66 delegates uh, away from Trump, uh, Missouri's proportional, as we just talked about, North Carolina's proportional, so, you know, again, I think tonight, um, if, if Trump wins Florida, Kasich wins Ohio, um, mm-hmm. Cruz wins Missouri, and then the North Carolina's kind of split. I mean, that's basically everybody holding serve again, isn't it? Rachel? And,
4: yeah, I, I agree, and that's why I think it's figuring out who can get to the delegate count before the convention.
1: Right. <laughs> well, and I guess what I would be looking at is, you know, is, is tonight going to be another example of where, okay, Kasich, you won. You have an argument to stand. Rubio, you didn't win anything. It's t- mm-hmm. Is he going to be pressured out of the race after tonight if he, if he doesn't win Florida?
4: It would make logical sense to drop out <laughs> if you can't win your home state.
1: Okay, I'm not. I, I, mean, I would. I would never tell somebody what to do. I'm just speculating on the, the pressure that he'd be under. You see, Doctor Ben Carson came on and said, "Well, you know, he offered me a job in the administration. That's why I've endorsed him." Porkchop Christie. Mm-hmm. Who knows? He's probably been offered something as well, and so that's why. And, and we also are going to see this phenomenon where everybody likes a winner, and as Trump becomes more and more inevitable, you may see more of a stout, More establishment people, you know, hitching their wagon to him.
4: Mm-hmm. I think in two We still have to To cruise. He might pivot into That establishment You know Vacuum if you will Because he is kind of Pretty much Neck and neck With Trump With the delegate count I mean I think Trump's
1: at 469 and Cruz at 370. Yeah, they're, no, they're within 80 to 90. And, um, you know, tonight, you know, if Cruz wins Missouri, it, it's the problem mm-hmm. is, you know, every night Cruz wins a decent amount, but Trump's lead keeps growing more and more. But you lo- also look at the the delegates that Kasich and Ruby are going to have, and those combined would beat uh, Trump. So that's people are doing that weird math. I don't think you can count on all of... Well, I would say... I bet you most of Rubio supporters would go to uh, Cruz or Kasich. I don't think Cruz mm-hmm. supporters would necessarily go to Rubio or Kasich. So I think Cruz is going to end up being the establishment alternative, which must have <laughs> them roiling in their bed. But he does pretty good against Clinton uh, head-to-head. I mean, he's, um, he, he actually, in the polls, beats her. And I think if it was just him, um, he's going to have a pretty damn good story to tell that the media is so far ignoring about a pretty uh, good resume – that um, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's more focused on uh, you know the argumentative and, and the the identity and the hateful politics going on right now. But I think Cruz could uh, could do well in a one on one against Trump.
4: Yeah, yeah, I I think it's really going to be interesting to play out. You know, we all kind of have our opinions, and <laughs> it, it, it seems like a, a wild card. But you know, if it goes to the delegate convention, I. I mean, I guess the last time that happened was in 1976. Mm-hmm. So it's not too unprecedented with Gerald Ford against Reagan. So, you know, all these things kind of seem like, oh, my gosh, it's all happening at once, the Supreme Court, a contested election. But, you know, it's all happened before. The the other side of the coin that I think is interesting, if we go into a contested election or convention, that means the vice president still, that's not going to be chosen until the convention floor. So that could be anybody, as well.
1: the vi- the vice like um the vice president wouldn't be chosen.
4: Well, if we go in without a queen, oh yeah, winner, oh yeah, it no, it could years.
1: be. I mean, that would that's one where you grab your popcorn because it's going to be a show, and uh, exactly, you know, and that's where you know somebody like a Romney. Oh, and here's uh, vi- final final thought. What is uh what is the thinking behind rolling out Mitt Romney? <laughs> uh,
4: so that's where it gets. That's why the contested convention gets tricky. Is because they can change the rules so someone like Mitt Romney or Paul Ryan can be nominated from the floor to be the candidate. Yeah. And and so my thinking is that could be what they are trying to do.
1: Ah, so basically they're saying they want somebody that's got a uh, national campaign apparatus just kind of waiting in the wings to get dusted off, and that is what uh, <laughs> Republican Plan B, if you will. <laughs>
4: So, yeah, that's going to be watching the Rules Committee, and if they change it, if oh. they do that, where it is, it would be Paul Ryan or Mitt Romney would be their favorables.
1: Well. Anyway, that's, uh, it's fascinating to look at. The Democrats have it so easy. they got two people. looks like it's going to be... Well, and
4: they be... have superdelegates. Yeah. Too. You're, looks... I mean, your vote almost doesn't even count. With,
1: it's Biller. It, it looks founder. like we're going to deal with billery again, which, thank God, last week I was watching the... Uh, I didn't watch the Democrat debate, but it came on the exact same time as the Victoria's Secret fashion show. <laughs> Which they talk about counter programming, and I guess the only thing we can be thankful for is that they didn't combine the two shows somehow. You know, I think I, I'd call that one, that show naked, and I'm afraid, you know. But uh, <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> you know, Bur- Bill Clinton would get the 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 lie detector question: Who would you rather see in a thong, Hillary? Or Bernie, and I would love to see him sweating that one out. That would have uh, that would have been pretty. Trump,
4: cool. Trump's entertaining. I would love to see him go head to head with Hillary, though. I mean, oh,
1: that would be. I mean, if if it wasn't for the the, the future of the free world, I would love to watch it too. If the future of the uh, future of the free world wasn't at stake, then that would be damn good entertainment. Rachel Dodsworth, Adsworth Media uh, website. Uh, people can find out more about you.
4: Uh, yes, yeah, so adsworthmedia.com, and uh, we're also pushing out uh, election news through worthitelectionnews.com. And uh, so that's uh, if you have any information, if you want to be a contributor, we're welcoming any uh, campaign contributors at worthitelectionnews.com. Cool.
1: All right. Well, I might work up an article and get it sent over your way. Rachel Dodsworth. thank you for joining sure. us today. Excited to watch the results tonight. We'll talk to you soon, and good luck with that award. I, uh, You know you got my vote. All right. Thank you, Greg. All right. We appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening today. You can uh, tune in to Super Tuesday. Once again, Buckhead Young Republicans meeting tonight, 7 p.m., Cheyenne, or um, Whitehall Tavern. Sorry, they changed the name. That's how old I am, David. It's called Whitehall Tavern. And tomorrow night, Lane Flynn's campaign kickoff event at the 57th Fighter Squad uh, restaurant. That is off of Claremont Road, and that starts at 6 p.m. That's for House District 81. We're going to turn that one Republican this year. We'll see you again on Greg's List. Thanks for listening.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.